The ancient yogis, they weren't doing in the physical practice of yoga. They were meditators. And what they were doing is they were searching within themselves for the source of their existence. It was an existential search. They were trying to reunite with their source, reunite with universal consciousness. I think that's what the word yoga actually means, that, that union mm -hmm. with universal consciousness. In this search, they discovered that in human consciousness exists all spirits. And somehow they saw that this state of unconditional love, this is what reconnects us to our source through, through the universal consciousness. And so this is really the journey. Because uh, when we're in our lower states of consciousness, we are more self-centered and more our in motivations are fearful or they're controlling or the, the different things are motivating us. And it's only when we learn how to view the world through the, this, the eyes of unconditional love that we actually know how to use the skills and intuitive senses that we've been given. Welcome back to Curious Ones Podcast by Andara. I'm Yael Ginsberg, your host of the podcast, a yoga and meditation teacher and spiritual coach. As every week, you will hear inspiring conversations and eye-opening interviews with the teachers of the Andara Yoga Institute and other teachers who pass through here. This life-changing knowledge shared through authentic, heartfelt communication will help you live a happier, more fulfilled, and connected life. Today, I am so excited to have our resident astrologer with me, Shiva Das. Shiva Das is the co-author of the book Divine Love Astrology and has been studying astrology for over 45 years. He's also a wonderful kirtan musician and a sound artist with a specialty in using gongs. So welcome to the podcast, Das. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So I think we should start with the basics, with what is astrology? Got a couple of days. <laughs> yes. Not a simple answer. <clears throat> so I think the best way to answer this is, I feel like the, the ancient people who discovered astrology, um, for them, the spiritual and the material worlds were not separate. Mm -hmm. They lived in a world of spirits and magic and the gods played a part in every part of their life. And uh, there was no separation. The stars for the ancient people was, was more of a backdrop. And what the stars taught the ancient people was about recurring cycles. And they noticed correlations between the stars. But what they were looking at was life here on Earth and nature and the laws of nature and how things affect one another. So for me, astrology is really a, a study of nature and nature laws, nature's laws, and how we fit in with that and, and find harmony and balance with nature. And that's 
that kind of how I approach astrology. Wow, that's so interesting. I think the interesting part about it is that it's so connected to intuition, to intuition and the study of nature. How was it that the ancient civilizations really learned all that they knew? Just like every animal has been given all the tools and instincts and intuition they need to survive mm -hmm. and interact with this world successfully, so too humans have been given everything they need all the tools within themselves, the intuitive senses, the abilities to interact, respond, learn, and grow, all these things, those are all part of the human experience. So it's something inherent in human beings that comes to, the ancient people didn't have a scientific understanding of the world or the universe or how it worked. They used what they had, which was their intuitive imagination and senses. So astrology is actually, it's a language. It's an intuitive language. It was born of intuition. Uh, so it was a language that doesn't have words and alphabets, but it's a language of diagrams and symbols. And it was a way of them, the ancient people, conveying what they were seeing in nature through this language of astrology. So, And for us, I feel today, what it is, through understanding this language, we learn how to get back in touch with our intuition. We, we've so much depend upon the mind to figure things out, but the mind is only one of our senses. Right. Astrology teaches us that we actually have 12 senses, five physical and seven psychic or intuitive senses. And uh, to really be able to uh, connect with life and interact successfully, we should, we have to learn to use all of our senses, not just the mind. Could you speak a little bit about the seven intuitive senses that you mentioned? So we have an intuitive sense of spontaneous, it's like instinct is like intuition. The difference is instinct is like when something comes up to us, we know without thought we can respond to that mm -hmm. uh, with equal force or greater or to get out of the way. And uh, we just do that automatically. We don't have to even think about it. Mm -hmm. uh, the difference between instinct and intuition is intuition brings a conscious awareness into this. Intuition tells us how to mitigate that, to redirect, to bring it to a place of balance and harmony. So that's one of our senses. Um, we have a sense of just common sense, a sense of practicality, a sense of what works and what doesn't work. And it's not necessarily an intellectual thing. It's something we can know if we can see it works. We can know, we can know intuitively somehow if something is good for us or not, or is effective. Uh, we have a sense of right and wrong. This is a very, this isn't an intellectual thing. This is something that is inherent in our being. Uh, we don't always listen to it, but it's there nonetheless. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a sense of friendship. Right. So we have a, a sense of potential. Um, we can see, we have needs and, and uh pragmatic requirements, and we have the ability to sense the potential in something to fulfill. What something can be. Right. 
and we have a, a sense of appreciation, right? We can appreciate life and life's beauty and life's abundance and all the sensual pleasures we can have, and we can sense all the natural processes of uh, processes of life, the the building, the growing, the art, education, all sorts of social interaction, which is good and healthy. There's a lot to life that is good. And we have a sense about this. It's, you know, right. it's, it's a, a natural, wholesome you know, way of looking at life, which isn't something that we've learned. It's something that's natural in us. Yes, I think the practice of yoga is really going into these subtle energies and the subtle aspects of life, these things that we all know to be true, but we don't realize that they are a sense that we have. And maybe it's heightened or lower in different people. Even something very obvious like emotional sensitivity. Mm -hmm. We can feel another person's emotions. We can, right. we can relate. We can sympathize. We can also sense a person's state of mind, their spiritual state, and their confusion or their fears or stuff like that. We have, we have many very not even so subtle if you look at them mm -hmm. we use all the time but we're not really made to be so aware of them or to understand them so so astrology sort of really defines those things for us i feel mm -hmm. and helps us to become aware of them. and through coming becoming aware of them we can learn to work consciously with them as well so. and how do you do that so Life is the teacher. Life is the truth. We learn that by connecting with nature. Nature's job is to maintain a balance. So if there's a, an imbalance somewhere in nature, nature causes something somehow, somewhere to happen to bring about balance. This is nature's job. And so through, and nature is a perfect system. Nature is a self-generating, self-perpetuating, self-sustaining, self-regenerating system that just keeps itself going forever. And through learning to learn, observe, and learn from nature, we can also learn to mimic this balance in ourselves and bring ourselves to a more self-sustaining, self-regenerating, self-perpetuating system within ourselves, which is optimum health and efficacy and clarity and all these other things when we learn how to stop, find that balance in ourselves. And nature tells us how to do this if we are paying attention. Hmm. That's so interesting that if we just take this time to really pay attention to the nature around us and what's going on, then we kind of get the lessons that we need in order to find this uh, self-sustaining ability um, and balance So how do you practice this? How do we become more aware of the nature around us in order to be more aware of the nature within us? Astrology is a, a, a contemplative practice, let's say. I mean, you, people go to astrologers for this or that, but the astrologer himself has spent many, many hours contemplating that the zodiac. Uh, the, like I said, the ancient people were observing nature and they were observing the elements, earth, water, fire, and air. And they're observing how nature uses the forces that control those elements to do its job, to maintain balance. 
So the zodiac, in the way it's set up, in the way the elements are placed, and the relationships to one another is a diagram of the laws of polarities. And these laws of polarities are the laws of nature, action, reaction, cause and effect. Yes. These laws of polarities govern the interaction of everything in nature, everything in the universe. Nothing is free or escapes from these laws of polarities. When we take these principles that we observe in nature and we apply them to consciousness, we find that consciousness works according to these same principles. These yeah. same laws of polarities are at work in the way we think, in the way we perceive things, in the way we process things, in the, how we make decisions, in the choices we make, in the relationships we, for, we form, in what we attract to ourselves in life. These laws of polarities, once you start recognizing, you see that all of life is functioning according to these laws of polarities. Yeah. And uh, so learning how to recognize these laws of polarities. Like in nature, these laws, they're meant to cause a balance, but things can get very out of balance and to extreme sometimes. And so nature does things to right that. And it's the same in us that these uh, polarities, uh, they're ultimately meant to cause a balance in us. But until we learn how to bring about that balance within ourselves, what we tend to do is vacillate back and forth between the extremes. And this is creative in our life. You know, however, whatever is going on inside of ourselves, those, those polarities are reflected back to us in our, in our life. So as we learn how to recognize these uh, polarities and how they manifest in us and learn how to work with the balance, well, as we start to, uh, make the change within ourselves. it also extends out into our life. And so that's what I try to do with astrology is I look for how these polarities are working and I talk about how they manifest in a person's life. And then I talk about uh, spiritual practices that will help to resolve those polarities and find balance. So when somebody comes to you for a reading, what is your first step? Well, I guess I, I first um, give a little explanation because a lot of people think of astrology. They go to astrology to, for, to see their future. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, and I don't do this. <clears throat> I feel like um, this is kind of a misunderstanding. Right? And a, I, I don't really want it to judge it to be say it's wrong or... I can talk a little bit about this. So the, <clears throat> I feel, you know, the original yogis, they weren't fortune tellers. They were, you know, they were seeking to understand the universe, the secrets of the universe. They were spiritual seekers. But in this search, and especially the observ observation of nature and how the laws of nature work, and they became aware of the seasons and you know, the ebb and flow of things. And this is very valuable knowledge. You know, if you know when to plant and when to harvest and things, this was very valuable knowledge. So this predicting thing became a very uh, valuable and useful tool, but it's not really what astrology is about. <laughs> and so, but it's a very attractive thing because people in my humble opinion, if there's such a thing, um, you know, they come into positions of power, you know, if 
being able to predict things. And it's a very alluring. Mm -hmm. uh, but I don't think that that's really the true potential of what astrology has to offer. I, I don't make visit, uh, predictions because I feel like making predictions creates apprehensions or expectations, and I don't see any benefit in it. I don't, I don't even think it's fair because you're fixing somebody into something, you know. Uh, I, I can't tell you if you're going to go left or right outside of this when you leave this room. So, you know, I can't really predict those things. But I will say, if you are habitual in your nature, in your habits, you are predictable. So this is why some astrologers can be somewhat accurate in their predictions. But I think this is a very unfair thing to do to a person. <laughs> you know, I like to think my, I, I, I'm not trying to tell somebody their destiny. I'm trying to free them from their destiny so that they can create their own destiny consciously. And wow. so we're, we're trying to break out of these habitual tendencies or things, parts of our personality. And so that we can become more conscious in how we create in life. Would you say that these habitual patterns have anything to do with the time we were born and the constellation of the stars? The universe is, it's one. Everything is connected. The stars and planets, they're not causing anything to happen. Everything in the universe moves in concert, moves together. So what they're doing is they're reflecting what is happening as it happens. Mm -hmm. So, but we're creating it, you know, uh, but nothing, everything is perfect. So this is karma, you know, uh, Just as nature is trying to uh, maintain a balance in life, and so it causes something to happen, you know, to bring about the balance. In the same uh, lines, nature has brought each one of us here individually to be born into this family, this time, this place, these circumstances, to unfold and develop in a certain way, because the, the expression of who we are is necessary to be offered into the collective for balance. Everyone fulfills their destiny by being themselves. So everything is relevant, the time, the place, the circumstances, you know. Um, and the, the, the stars are, they just, you are an expression of that moment. You are an expression of that time, that place. The universe produced, you know. And so everything is part of it. You can't separate anything and where the stars were But even identical twins, they're born just minutes apart. They would have identical birth charts, mm -hmm. but their, their circumstances would be different because they have each other to reflect off of. So I find this with uh, when I do, I've done some reading for some twins. And although they have lots of very similar traits, in other ways, they, they are completely off, opposite because they're bouncing off each other. You know, they're having to de develop as individuals and they have each other to bounce off of. So our circumstances, everything plays a part in it. Yeah. Wow. But nothing is, you can say, is the cause. It's life is unfolding. Oh, I think that's so interesting. And I just learned something new. So when you ask for somebody's birth time and birth date for the 
to make their chart, it's not because the stars determined how the person will be. It's because the stars were affected by the current situation that was at that time. And in that way, you can understand what was the situation the, the person was born into. Yeah, like I say, you are an expression of that moment. The universe expressed you. Yeah, and, and so are the stars. And everything reflects it. I understand it a little bit deeper now. So I'd love to talk a little bit about intuition because I think that for me, learning how to cultivate intuition and really use that in order to navigate my life has been one of the most important practices I had, um, if not the most important. And unfortunately, this is not a common practice. It's not something that you really learn how to do until you become interested in it. Yeah. That's a complicated answer. Uh, yes, everybody has these abilities and people will relate to them and use them differently depending upon where they are in their consciousness. So the, uh, the point is not really so much the intuition, but the consciousness that's going to utilize th those intuitive senses you, know, you can you can be very very perceptive about um, you know investments and returns right and you can become very good in the field of finance <laughs> or you could be a healer a healer is a person who can perceive potential and can draw it out coax and stimulate the realization of that potential. It's the same principle, the same intuition, but it's just coming from a different intention. So it's really about the consciousness. So what I work on really is not so much that we're trying to develop any particular skill or intuitive ability. We're trying to achieve a state of being that enables us to use these natural intuitive senses that we have in a way that's beneficial not only to us but to our planet and, and our lives and how we affect everything because we are so intricately connected to everything mm -hmm. so it's more about this the the state of consciousness that i work with than actually trying to develop any particular intuitive ability because we, we can learn things, but if we don't know how to use them, what good is that, right? And it's only consciousness that directs us to be able to use these things in a good way. Wow, that's so, so true. I love that. And it's really such an important point because having, um, having a relationship with our intuition and cultivating intuition is one thing, but then using that to build your life in a way that's good for you and good for others as well is is not shouldn't be taken for granted um, that's such an important point that you brought up there I would like to clear something up or kind of get us on the same page when you say consciousness what do you mean awareness so the ancient yogis they weren't doing physical asanas. They weren't doing the physical practice of yoga. They were meditators. And what they were doing is they were 
searching within themselves for the source of their existence. It was an existential search. They were trying to reunite with their source, reunite with universal consciousness. I think that's what the word yoga actually means, uh, that union mm -hmm. with universal consciousness. In this search, they discovered that in human consciousness exists all spirits. Low, fearful, angry, upset, controlling, agitated, judgmental, severe, a little softer, a little kinder, a little more understanding, a little more loving, unconditional love. And somehow they saw that this state of unconditional love, this is what reconnects us to our source through, through the universal consciousness. And so this is really the journey. Because uh, when we're in our lower states of consciousness, we are more self-centered and more our in, motivations are fearful or they're controlling or the, the different things are motivating us. And it's only when we learn how to view the world through the, this, the eyes of unconditional love that we actually know how to use the skills and intuitive senses that we've been given. Otherwise, we misuse them not consciously and maybe not even with bad intention, but we just don't know what we're doing with them because we're not in the state of consciousness that enables us to use them in a conscious way. So what is, how do you see it? Why do we use our, what is a good way to use our intuitive senses? Nothing happens in life except what we make happen. Whether we do it consciously or unconsciously, we are creating it. And when you're doing it unconsciously, well, your life just unfolds and it's mm -hmm. out of control <laughs> and anything can happen. And we don't know why things happen to us all the time and we feel victimized and we feel you know, out of control of our lives. And uh, so as the more conscious we become, the more able we're to see the cause and effect and work with this. Uh, and especially as we learn to how creative where we are in our consciousness, um, how that functions there as we are able to access our higher levels of consciousness. We perceive the world differently. We treat people a certain way. They respond to us a little different. Our effect has a whole different um, you know, outcome in the world than if we're not doing it consciously. So, yeah, I find that in my personal experience, first of all, life is just much better when I'm following my intuition. I feel better and by feeling better, I'm also nicer to other people and more helpful. And for me, whenever I was able to listen to my intuition, such amazing things happened beyond my wildest dreams. And when I didn't listen to it, because I always knew down deep down inside, <laughs> when I wasn't listening to it, I always ended up uh, suffering. I can't tell you how many times that's happened in my life when I knew I should. You see, how we perceive life is almost entirely determined by how we feel. How we feel is the filter through which we see the world. So we see things and you know, see selfishness and exploitation and you know terrible things happening in the world and people mistreating us or taking advantage and we're upset about this and, and we think we're upset because this is happening but if you were really to examine that you'd see that you're perceiving that because you feel like this 
not the other way around. And you can know this is true because you can see the same thing another time, not see the same thing, not feel the same way, and not perceive it that way. And what changed? Only your perception, which was very much determined by how you were feeling at that time. And if we don't know that we have control, that we have control over how we feel and how we perceive life, then we can never have be in control of life. We'll always be a victim. So this is really what I think is the, the potential of astrology is really about empowerment of the individual to live a conscious life and to understand how we are actually creative. And we are creative in where we are in our consciousness. We are inextricably a part of life, part of nature. And life is just responding to us. So wherever we are in our consciousness, we attract the people, the circumstances, the opportunities, and the obstacles, whatever corresponds. And as we learn how to bring more awareness and more balance within ourselves, well, we behave differently, we perceive differently, and, so, and people respond to us differently. Everything, everything changes. We, all we have to do is work on the inner and watch the outer Definitely. change as everything starts responding to us differently, accordingly. So that's a, a secret in life, which shouldn't be a secret. Definitely. I think this is what they should be teaching in school. <laughs> Absolutely. In kindergarten, they should yes. start yeah, teaching the kids this. I absolutely agree. So the next obvious question is, how does somebody work on becoming more aware? That's, I think the first requirement is wanting to do it. Yeah. Life, the, the material world, the nature of the material world, gravity, is to draw you in get you involved, get you busy, get you this accomplishment, this uh, security, this relationship, this drama, this draw you and draw you and draw you in. And if you let it, it will consume you. And we only have one tool available to us to counter this, to change this, and that is spiritual practice. Spiritual practice is the only tool we have that lets us or enables us to resist that pull of the world. Now, the other side of this, I, I also believe that spiritual practice, we can go too far with it because you can go so far into your spiritual practice that you lose touch with the earth. Polarities. Yes. And this is uh, not, and there's no judgment. And this is no good or bad or the right or wrong. And this, if that's a person's desire to transcend this world, there, there's, I don't see any bad or fault in this. But most of us would like to be here while yeah. we're here. So it's about finding, we have to find that balance between the spiritual and the, and the material. But it's only the spiritual practice that will help us to do that. Only spiritual practice. Nothing else can enable us to uh, see that the right amount of involvement. And uh, it's like we look for happiness in life or look for satisfaction, fulfillment, contentment, you know. But these are spiritual states. They don't exist outside of ourselves. So when we look for these things outside of ourselves, what we're doing is we're making our spiritual state dependent on things outside of ourselves. And this is a recipe for disappointment. So spiritual practice is all about finding uh, the inner 
like I say, we look for happiness. There is no happiness here. You can't find happiness here. There's nothing in this world that can make you happy. It doesn't exist here. The only happiness we ever experience is the happiness we bring. Mm. Right? I mean, you experience something that makes you happy. Ah, you think that was, you know, and so we want to do it again and again. But do that same thing 10 minutes later. Does it make you happy? Usually not, or at least to a, le a lesser degree. Yeah. You know? So something happened there in that, that opened you, your consciousness up for that happiness to come out. So that's what yoga is about. It's about finding the source of happiness within us and becoming a channel for it. That's, and that's accessing that divine, unconditional love. So mm -hmm. that's how I see it anyway. Yeah, I think it's so interesting that sometimes we have these things that we think they are the source of our happiness, but once we have them for enough time, that happiness kind of fades and goes away. Yeah. That's the thing. There's, you know, the Buddhist point of view is there's nothing that is in, intrinsically can make you happy or unhappy. Mm -hmm. Nothing can actually do that. It's all just how you experience it and how you perceive it. You know? Yes. So, and you, you have to know that you have some control there. Again, if you don't, you're just, you'll always be a victim in life. It's also that all of these things are temporary. If we look at something outside of us to make us happy, it will always change. Money, status, looks, you know, it, they all change. They're all temporary. Yeah. And we also mistake sensation and uh pleasure we mistake these things for happiness mm -hmm. but that's not what happiness is they're just sensations and they're fleeting they, they come and they go so we, we mistake we don't know we don't even know what we're looking for when we say we're looking for happiness because we think this thing this accomplishment or this pleasure will make us happy and it's just a misperception of what's really the source of happiness so Hey, I'm quickly interrupting the episode to extend an invitation. If you are interested in deepening into any of the subjects we talk about on the podcast, we offer many different experiences on our beautiful grounds here in Baja, Mexico. From nine-day modules such as sound healing and yoga nidra, to breath and meditation, as well as two or 300-hour yoga teacher trainings, and many different shorter retreats. Check out our website, yandara.com, to see all the information about the different experiences. Let's get back to the episode. So I'd like to take us a little bit back to astrology. You know, you see on Instagram all these fancy terms, Mercury retrograde, uh, you know, all the full moons and all of that. Can you maybe explain that a little bit? What should we be doing? Should we be following that? What, what do they mean? Yeah, first of all, like I said, the planets are not causing anything to happen. They are reflecting what's happening as it happens. The planets, of course, they are affecting us. They're, everything in the universe has gravity, has, has a, that is affecting everything else. They have a very real, even probably measurable effect on us. So people are always asking me, you know, they want me to do their progressions, and which I do, but 
you know, they want to know, well, what's going to happen, you know, this transit or this, uh, you know, eclipse or stuff, stuff like that, you know, how can I handle it? And you know, I finally come to where I say, well, you know what? You want to know how to handle it? Well, the thing is, you can't. <laughs> I'm sure they love that answer. <laughs> they do. <laughs> but then I explain, if you're, if you're not in a place that's in harmony with these cycles, these, then you, ha you, you can't affect them. You're, you're just going to be tossed around by them. So it's not about trying to adjust for this particular event. It's about working within yourself. And if you learn how to really work within yourself and constantly as a constant practice and find that e equilibrium and balance uh, in yourself, Whatever comes up to you in life, you'll, you'll be prepared for. It doesn't matter if Mercury's in retrograde or not. You'll just be in a natural rhythm with it, and it will things will work out. So maybe you have to go over back and work on something that, you know, needs reviewing or something like that during that time. But so what? It's, you know, there's no. Uh, it's all on how you take it. If you if you're in the flow of the universe unfolding, it's just natural. It's just. Life goes through those times of forward movement and backward movement, and and there's, that's just the way life is. So yeah. it's not it's not that we want to be going forward all the time. You know, that's not life. Life goes forward, goes backwards, goes up and down, and we just want to be able to be with it. Yeah, sort of in harmony with it. And then there's no resistance. All suffering in life is caused by resistance. Mm -hmm. All of it. Yeah. So when we learn how to not resist, but to cooperate with it and flow with it, mm -hmm. we're, we're happier. I love the subject. I think that's something that I'm thinking about a lot lately because there is this natural flow of things. And it's true that it's not always good or not always bad. And what you said before about the polarities as well, it's important to remember that both aspects of life are important. And it's really about finding this flow between them and balance. And I think it's very important to be able to tune into this flow of life. And the resistance comes up for us as judgment of how we think things should be. And that resistance really blocks something that could be. Could you talk a little bit about that? We form beliefs. You know, we're observing life and we're seeing how it works and seeing how people treat it, watching our parents and our teachers and our politicians and our authority figures and our friends. And we're, we're observing all these things and, and we have emotional associations we make. And, and as we're going through life, according to the, how that is unfolding in us, we come to conclusions. We say, okay, this is the way life is and this is how you should do things. This, da, 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 da. And then we sometimes come to the clue, this is the way life is, and but this is not the way life should be. It should be like this, 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 and people should be like this, this, and so we make all these, these beliefs about life. And what we're doing is we're, first of all, we're defining life's possibilities and limitations and uh, how you do things and how you don't do things. And what we're doing is we're self-defining our own possibilities and limitations. And we're bound by this belief. If we believe that this is, the reality, well, that's the way we interact with life. Mm -hmm. So uh, 
these are all, you know, what do we know? Life isn't something really that we can understand in that way. Life just is happening. And there's no rational explanation for it. It just has an, an ebb and a flow to it and an up and a down. You know, when we look to nature, we see sunny days and abundant harvests and peaceful coexistence. And then we see natural disasters and famines and destruction. And to the human mind, we say, ah, sunny day, good. Natural disaster, bad. But to nature, both of those things serve the greater purpose of nature, which is just to keep life going forever and ever and ever and maintaining the, the balance, you know, and sometimes it's like this and some, sometimes like that. When we take this, we can take this lesson into ourselves. We can start to understand that everything that life brings us, the good, the bad, the disastrous, the wonderful, is all actually meant to help us to learn and to grow. If we don't resist it, if we can really be open to going through those ups and downs and in a way that's with some equanimity. Uh, so that's what I, learning to underst understand how those polarities work and find the balance in, the, in ourselves and do the practice. Uh, spiritual practice is just that, it's practice. Yeah. It's learning how to bring yourself to a certain state, how to sustain that state, how to get back there when you fall, how to become familiar with that state, what that feels like, what that looks like. The more time you spend in any particular state, the more that starts to become part of your habitual nature. The more familiar you, you become with the state, what that feels like, what that perception is, the more available, available it becomes. The more you can draw in your spiritual practice when you need it. It's all about the spiritual practice. So elements show us how to do this. If you take a very simple diagram, uh, so we got fire and air opposite each other and earth and water. So everything in, in the universe is, has a certain temperature to it. Uh, it's either hot or cold and it's hard and soft. Mm -hmm. And so how those, the hot and the cold and the hard and the soft manifest, this distinguishes everything in the universe. So what we're trying to do is find the, the balance of the elements in ourselves. What's interesting, I find, is that we, we look for, you know, we say we're looking for happiness or we're trying to find happiness. And, but you can't find happiness. You can't even look for it. If you look for it, you're never going to find it. These, like, fulfillment, contentment, happiness, this is our natural state. We don't have to look for it. We just have to remove all that is keeping us there. And we do that by balancing the elements in ourselves, not too hot, not too cold, not too hard, not too soft, just coming to this place, just being in the present moment, relax. You breathe, you relax, settle into your body. What happens? You feel good. <laughs> yes. You feel good, you look around, ah, life's beautiful, people are great, you know. Your perception changes. Yeah. And you want to do it again. Yeah. You feel good. Once you've learned to recognize that state, see, then you know the goal of your practice. We often do practices without really understanding the goal. Mm -hmm. And so we have to understand the goal. We have to, what we're looking for, even in yoga, the physical practice of yoga, it's not about being super flexible or being able to do amazing things with our body. Mm -hmm. It's about maintaining certain presence and awareness as you go through your flow. Yeah. That presence 
informs you how far to go, you know, not too far, don't hurt yourself, don't, don't be lazy, you know, don't, don't go too fast, don't go too slow, it's just kind of, you know, so that presence and awareness informs us how to do that. And through our practice, we learn how to, it can extend out into our lives. So the goal of every spiritual practice is a, a state of consciousness, a state of being, right? But if we don't know what that is, we don't know why, we don't know how to use the practice. We don't even know what we're looking for. We just do the practice. We don't know the goal. So it's very important to understand the goal, consciousness. And I found that this uh, state of consciousness, it's not something that's foreign to us. It's something that we experience quite regularly, but we don't, we can't sustain it. We just experience for an instant. And then it's gone. And then we can't find it. And we're all over the place, you know? Yeah. So spiritual practice is really about learning how to recognize this state and learning using the techniques, the breathing, the, the asanas, the, the meditation, the visualization, whatever. There's lots of different spiritual practices that will bring us to that state. And then once we recognize it, ah, there it is. So, and through practice, little regular practice, we're able to find it and sustain it a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Sustaining it, of course, is the difficulty. When I give people uh, practices, I tell them that this practice is only going to be a 10-minute practice. I feel like that uh, a spiritual practice, a person should want to do it. They should enjoy doing it. They should feel the benefits and the effects of it right away. And it shouldn't be too difficult or they won't do it. So you want to make it easy. Mm-hmm. You want to make it something that they can they can relate to that it's just a, a feeling right so but it's very difficult to sustain so maybe we can recognize that and learn how to find it but if you try to do that for too long you'll get frustrated you'll you get discouraged if you could f- find and sustain that state for 10 seconds you're doing pretty good mm-hmm. if you could find that state and sustain it for a whole minute you're doing amazing yeah. If you could find it and sustain it for 10 minutes, you are enlightened. <laughs> this is not an easy thing to do. No. So we just have to work with time. You know, we have to, and it doesn't matter how long it takes for us to get somewhere, but we have to understand the goal. We have to work with it and, you know, do a practice. So I, I like a 10 minute practice every day, just 10 minutes. Just mm-hmm. put yourself there, go out into the world <laughs> with it. You know, yeah. first day, three seconds, it's gone. Second day, maybe four seconds, but little by little. You know, mm-hmm. it starts to take root in us. And after a while, I feel like if once you've really learned how to do the practice, you'll enjoy it. You look forward to it. You know, it won't be uh, something you have to discipline yourself to do because it's a beautiful way to start your day off. First thing in the morning, put yourself yeah. go out to the day. It's like you need it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's more important than anything else you think you need to do in the day. Yeah. You know, and it's only 10 minutes. Easy yeah. to do, easy not to do also. So yeah. I find for myself that uh, after a while, uh, you know, I, I can recognize when I'm getting off in the day and then I can just, just take a second to put myself back there, you know, just, and it still doesn't take very long, but being human, we forget. That's what we do. We forget yeah. that's true. <laughs> all the time. But that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. That's it's part of being human. 
don't beat yourself up or don't don't be guilty don't you know because all of those are step backwards you know? it's <laughs> just, just learning how to that's true be in the present moment and all these lessons i i, fe- I see in nature if you just mm. pay attention all these lessons are there mm-hmm. just pay attention Hmm. I think that's a beautiful point that you brought up there. The spiritual practice is really a practice of remembering. For me, when I learn something new from different teachers, it feels like something that I already knew inside. They just put it into words for me and reminded me about it. Absolutely. I tell people that when I do a reading, I feel like I do it right when whatever I tell you is something you already know. Yeah, and that's so amazing. Recently, I've been reading a little bit about the astrological signs and the different aspects of them. And I was just amazed because I read it about different people that I know. And it was so accurate to the person that I couldn't believe it. Each sign of, of the zodiac represents an aspect of consciousness, right? Mm-hmm. So zodiac presents 12 aspects of 12 senses, 12 uh, tools that we have. Senses, we not only sense things, but they also enable us to respond. So they're, they're, they're tools and they're things that inform us as well. Uh, everybody has all of these things. So everybody is always dealing with these things. But what I found in astrology is that where when a person has a planet in a certain sign or a house or something, it, that just gets more sensitive mm-hmm. and they're more dealing with that issue in their lives but everybody has them so everybody can relate to them even if you maybe not so for one person it's not that big of a deal and for another person it may be a big deal so everyone's individual there everybody's path back to that place of balance is unique mm-hmm. you know? so that's what i love about astrology because it shows the uniqueness of everyone and there's no judgment in it there's no yeah. good or bad we're all imperfect yeah <laughs> Imperfectly perfect. Exactly. (laughs) I would love to mention your book, Divine Love Astrology. Could you tell us a little bit about it? Well, um, so when I first got interested in astrology, I was searching everywhere for a book. And I started getting quite a library of different books, different authors. But I never could find the book that really presented it the way I was intuitively feeling it. Every book had a little piece of it, but I can never find the book that, and so I started, as I was learning, I started writing down, because more like a journal, just Mm -hmm. things the way I was seeing it and the way I was feeling it and what I was learning. And after several years, I decided, well, you know, I think this book doesn't exist. And so all these notes that I've been making, I said, well, this started turning into a book. And I said, well, I guess I'm the guy who has to write this book. So, <laughs> And it took me 27 years to write wow. that book. And it wasn't that it took that long, you know, working every day. It, that just, it had to take that long because it, it just unfolded as my own evolution unfolded, my own understanding of things. So that was just kind of the product. I'm working on a new one, a new evolution of it, which, mm-hmm. which is more specifically... Um, how yoga and astrology work together. Much more of a focus on the spiritual um, relationship of yogic philosophy and and astrology. Beautiful. So it's almost done. But it has taken another 10 years, and it, that's also been just my process, that, yeah. working with it and as my under, own understanding 
evolves, then yeah. So we will end each episode with some questions, our closing curiosities. Going back to what we were saying before, how do you define happy? Well, I'd have to kind of go along with the Buddhist definition, which is just free from suffering. When you free yourself from all the causes of suffering in our life, happiness is our natural state. It's just it's a place of clarity, a place of peace within, a place of inner contentment. Contentment's an interesting word. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. You're content with your life. You're content with all the choices you made in your life. You're content with your relationship. You're content with your job. You're content with every. That's a pretty high order of things, you know. If we look outside of ourselves, we're never going to find it. Yeah. <laughs> Just relax. <laughs> Contentment arises by yeah. itself. Yeah, and I see that as, you know, you're not always happy or content with the situation that you're in, but once you release that resistance and accept the situation, you're much more capable of changing things. And process it and, yeah, yeah. accept it. Almost all healing starts with that, just accepting it. And then the healing can take place. Mm -hmm. yeah. Next question. What are you curious about right now? Hmm. Gee, what am I not curious about? <laughs> you know, the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know. You yeah. Know? So uh, I'm curious about just how curious can a person get? I mean, <laughs> I'm always surprised at how, how I'm always learning. Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm always surprised that I look at a person's chart and I see something new and I go, wow, that's cool. So wow. uh, after 45 years, you see, still see all the new time. Stuff? Yeah. Wow. It's, it's very interesting. You know, for, for me, it's about embracing, not knowing, you know, what do I know? But, the curiosity opens you up to everything. Yeah. Right? So, and knowing kind of. So yeah. I'm curious about everything. <laughs> I love that answer. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> uh, what gives you hope? Oh, boy. Young people. You know, when we were growing up in the, in the 60s, you know, was, there was a big cultural revolution, yeah. big shift in consciousness and and we were on this journey of discovery. We were experimenting with everything and trying this, and then we had all these visions. And uh, and I think that our gen my generation, you know, we were hippies. I guess you mm -hmm. is an accurate term. I love um, it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we were met with a lot of resistance. I mean, there was a lot. It was amazing time what was going on, the music and the festivals and the, yeah. the, the instant camaraderie you had with someone else who was a hippie. And it was in the, mm -hmm. the love and the, it was, it was a really beautiful time. But at the same time, we were met with an amazing amount of resistance, mm -hmm. just socially yeah. outcast and, and resisted. And, and our movement was just suppressed, you know, very successfully actually over the time. Mm -hmm. But we started all these, you know, ecological and um, awareness and, you know, and social in 
uh, injustices, you know, confronting all those things. But and I see now the young people, it's just natural to them. They just automatically have this consciousness, you know. Mm -hmm. And so even though things are very slowly changing, and it's hardly even to, to see that the things are any better than they ever were. But I see it. I actually see yeah. it. I see it in the, the consciousness of the young people today. They're very turned on. They're very hip. May not know exactly what to do, but <laughs> they, you know, they're they're very aware, much more aware than our my generation was when we were fumbling. <laughs> <laughs> well, you kind of opened the doors for us. Well, not me personally, but yes. <laughs> yes, definitely you personally. <laughs> definitely. So is there anything else that's important for you to mention? Yeah. Yeah, be curious. Mm. We we limit ourselves you know, by these, our, our beliefs, uh, this is what reality is, and this is what it's not, and what's possible. We just limit ourselves. It's a self-limiting, self-fulfilling prophecy, because prophecy, we are just exactly as limited as we think we are. We, we self-define this. So, uh, open your mind. Nothing is impossible in the universe. Everything is possible. You know? You just have to believe it and be open to it. And somehow the universe will reveal how this can happen. Yeah. You know, a lot of the stuff that's now a reality today, you know, a few hundred years ago, impossible. Yeah. Uh, knowledge becomes available to us as it is necessary in evolution. You know, but we have to be open to it. <laughs> To go beyond the limitations of what we believe is, you know, possible, yeah. and then what is impossible becomes possible. So, yeah, don't limit yourself. Believe in the impossible. Absolutely. It's a great note to end with. <laughs> Other than coming here and seeing you here, what is another way for people to stay connected with you? Well, I do online readings. I have to admit that I'm not very good at maintaining that website that's up there. <laughs> I don't think I've looked at it for a year or so. <laughs> uh, but I think my email address is on there. People mm -hmm. can contact me there. And I also have another email address that's not in there, but shivadas2007 at yahoo.com. And um, what's the website? Divineloveastrology.com. Great. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much, Das. I love this conversation. I learned so much. You're very welcome. It was fun. I yes. enjoyed it. Now, after this time to nurture your mind and your spirit, we invite you to take a moment to consider others. A kind wish might come to mind. Know that what we learn becomes more valuable when we apply it and share it with others. So share this episode on Instagram stories, tag Yandara and I, or share with a loved one so that more people can benefit from it. Our hope is that the search will lead you home to who you already are to what was always there. We'll be back next week with more inspiration, honest conversation, and insight into the energetic world around us. Thank you for listening and watching.